Good to see you all this morning. Blessed to be gathered as Christians to be able to worship together. I thank God for the opportunity to be able to present the Word of God to you this morning. If you have your Bible, go with me to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 7 through 11. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And uh, look at the subject of knowing the love of God and the commandments that are here. And you know, sometimes we've, we come across commands in the Bible that we think, how can I do this? God tells me to do it, but how can I do it? It seems almost impossible. I want to give you encouragement this morning that you can obey God's word, and I know we can because of what is said here in the scripture. One reason we know that is because God gives us commandments, and he would not give us commandments that we couldn't keep. And so we want to know the love of God. And what subject is brought up here in 1 John is that very question. Do you know God, and do you know his love, and how do you know him? So that's what we want to focus on and think about this morning in our study. Before we do that, let's pray together. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. We thank you for the wonderful blessing it is to have your word and the scriptures to be able to study. Father, we thank you for the life of Christ and his example, his death upon the cross, the great love that he has presented and demonstrated before us. Father, we ask you to bless us now that the love of Jesus live in our heart and that we be able to love in the way that you command us to. Father, give us the courage, the boldness, the faith to do what you've instructed us to do. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So as you look at the love of God, what comes to your mind? And so I'm very mindful right now in the connection of what, uh, uh, what we were just thinking about in communion and what Logan has brought to our attention um, that the great sacrifice of Christ and him giving his last breath for us. And so I was thinking about that and it stood out to me very much so in the context of this passage. So I'll put the passage on the screen uh, before you this morning. I'm going to ask you to make your own observations, to write them and list them on your own as you go through the text. I'm not going to do that for you this morning. I think it'd be quite redundant if I did that. Uh, but First John chapter 4, we want to look at verses 7 through 11 and look at these, these words here in the passage here. So John writes this, he says, Beloved. And I'm just going to pause for a minute. The word beloved there is the, comes from the word agape. And the reason I'm emphasizing that, as you've probably seen on the screen, is the word for love is what's emphasized here. And so beloved, he means, he means beloved ones, those who um, agape toy. That's, that's the Greek word there. He says, let us love. Let us agapao. It's the word agape again. Uh, one another. Let us have this love for one another. For love, again, this specific love is from God. Now, why am I emphasizing the word agape? Because we're talking about a greater form of love here. There, there's a familiar, uh, the family kind of love that we think of, brotherly love like phileo. There's other Greek words like the, the word uh, eros, which means erotic love or is connected with romantic love. So a lot of these other words might come into play, but the love that's spoken about here is a higher love. It's a compassionate love. And what we're going to see here is that Christ defines what it means to agape, what it means to love in this way. And so he sets that definition for us. So beloved, the ones that I love in this way, John is saying, let us love one another, for love is from God. And where does love come from? 
Now, you could think, well, love is just a part of a survival instinct that is a part of the evolution of man. You know, that might be a secular concept of where love comes from, that it's just some kind of construct and idea. But the truth of it, love coming from God and what we're going to read here, love being core to who God is, is that love is eternal. Love has always existed. Love has no beginning. And as far as love for us, it comes out of our creator. It comes from him. All good things come from God. As we read here, he says, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And someone might say, well, I love other people, therefore I'm of God and I must know God. And even though I don't read the scriptures or know much about the Christian faith, someone might reason by reading this passage that I'm all right with God. But he's talking about a very specific love here. He says, I want you to love the way that Christ loves. This agape love. So everyone who loves in this sense and in this way has been born of God and knows God. And so there's a different way of which Christians believe and a different way in which we love. And it comes out of this, out of this agape love that comes from God that has been given to us. So the one who does not love does not know God. If you don't love like this, you don't know God. You don't know his love. If you don't have this agape love that comes from Him, and it says here, because God is love. So we have that passage here, 1 John 4 and verse 8, and then 1 John 4 and verse 16. So that would be one of the observations there is, where does this agape love come from? It comes from God. Why? Because it's who God is. It's not that love is God, it's that God is love. It's a part of His nature. When He created and He made all things good, we read about in Genesis chapter 1, all that is an act of His love. His love to create. His love to make those who are made in His likeness. And He has compassion and a deeper love and a transcendent love that uh, we can't understand unless He has revealed it to us in Scripture. I want to know that love. If God is love, then I want to know Him. I want to know that agape love. And I want it to be a part of my life. And I want to live in a way way that I've been born of God that others can see that faith and love in myself. Now keep thinking here on this passage. Look in verses 9 through 11. By this, the love of God was manifested in us or could be translated among us. How? How do we know this love? How have we seen this love? And so the obvious answer should be to us as Christians is in Christ. This is what... John says that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might or we can live through him. So we have here the love of God demonstrated through Jesus Christ. Christ coming and dying and resurrecting to give us eternal life. That's the picture of agape love. That's the kind of love that changes my life. It changes the way that I love others, the way that I behave toward others. It changes my family. It changes my marriage. This is a love I want to focus on. This is a love of which I want to know God. But then again, we have an instruction here to love like God. You start thinking about that, to love like God. That's one of those commands where I think, how can I love like God? Well, God commands you to, first of all, and he's going to tell you how. And he says it's been demonstrated in Jesus Christ. And all the best you can do is by God's grace is to imitate him. Keep paying attention to the passage. Verse 10, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation. 
That is, He's an appeasement for our sins. He stands in our place. He's a substitutionary atonement on our behalf. He died in our place for our sins. He made that great sacrifice. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We ought to lay down our lives for one another. This is the way that we should behave. Another passage in 1 John that tells us more about that in chapter 3. That when I love in the way that Christ loves, I lay down my life for the brothers. I lay my life down for others around me. They know who I am by the way that I behave. That I'm willing to make sacrifices for them and to imitate Christ. And so when I see someone in need, that I give to them and that I help them. And that's what it says there in 1 John chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. So as you think about this passage, I love the scriptures and the statements there in the Gospel of John, especially in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, because they're simple, and the way that you read it is very simple, but it's so deep because you think about it and you can meditate on this for a while. And as you read through the scripture and you think about, well, how can I do that? And what does that love look like? And you get the answers to the questions from the apostle right there. It makes a wonderful passage to pray through. To think about deeply. All right. So you, you cannot love the you cannot know the love of Christ without hearing the message. All right. I think that's really clear here from what John just said. You need to love the way that God loves. God is love. And how do you know that? Because the love of God's been manifest in the world through Jesus Christ. You need to know the message. You need to hear the message on a regular basis. I need to hear about the love of Christ. That's the blessing again of being in the assembly on Sunday morning, the first day of the week, and to be able to partake of communion is I'm reminded at least once a week who my creator is and who died for me. And I see the love of Christ before me. And I get to hear the gospel message again as a constant reminder. But again, that question comes up, can I really love like God? Can I love the way that Christ loves? And the power is in the Word. It's in the fact that the Word of God says, yes, you can. And the Bible says and commands you to do it. So I can. So I, a lot of us might put limitations on ourselves. Well, how can I love the way that Christ did? I can only do so much. You take the gifts that God's given to you and you give them to others and you show the love of God. Now you're imitating Christ and the love of God comes out in your life. So how do we know God and how do we know to love like God? And I think that we've seen that here. But again, to reemphasize what, what John is saying throughout this chapter, I mean, this, this book. I say chapter, I was thinking of, you know, we think about the love chapter, we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But there's a book in the Bible that I call the love book. It's this one. It's 1 John emphasizing the love of God. Listen to what John says here in 1 John 3.16. 1 John 3.16. Very much connects with John 3.16. But 1 John 3.16, John says, By this we have known love. This is how you know agape love. This is the love that comes from God. That He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. That meaning brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are around us, to love our neighbors, to love our enemies, that's a love that comes from God. When Jesus, on the night of His betrayal, when He was with His disciples and He just finished washing their feet, He says this in John chapter 13 and verse 35. Jesus says, By this all will know that you are My disciples. How will people know that we're following Jesus? He says, If you have love for one another. What kind of love? Agape love. The kind of love that only comes from God. And... Jesus says this as he's t- talking to his disciples in John 15 and verse 13. He says, greater love is no one 
than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. You know, we think about those figures in our culture who make great sacrifices, uh, soldiers and first responders, and we think about those who make sacrifices. We think about a mother who will sacrifice her life to save her children. Those come up, you know, you got that heroic picture, and that is ideal in Jesus Christ. But Christ gives us more than that, more than just the death on the cross, but he gives us the hope and of everlasting life, of the resurrection. And so greater love is knowing this than to look at that example. And Jesus is saying this the night before, the night he's going to be betrayed, the night before he's going to be crucified the next day, he's telling his disciples, greater love has known than this that one lay down his life for his friends. The word friends there means his loved ones, those he cares about. And so that's, that's a picture of the love of God. And we can't know the love of God without hearing the word of God without being constantly reminded and encouraged by it. <clears throat> and that's why 1 John is there and given to us. God is love. And so I'd encourage you this morning, as we're just thinking about this at a very basic level, listen to Him. Listen to God. Listen to His Word. And those who are born of God will love like Him. So God's kind of love. You know, when people see the church, what, what should they see? This is seeing a type of love that can't be explained in any other way than that it is an act of God. That there's a, there's a love among them, and even if you know, they don't like us, at least they recognize there's a love in those people and the way that they behave that can only be explained as a supernatural act of God. It's the work of God. How so? Through the Word of God, through the message of the Gospel of Christ, that it changes us. You know, people will think that we're delusional or kind of crazy in the way that we behave and the way that we love God and our devotion and commitment. Why? It's because we believe the message and it changes us. We love in a way which only God can give us. Now, the world's vision, uh, view of love, and again, this love also comes from God, um, is we often think of romantic love. Sometimes that's distorted in a sexual perverted way, but there's romantic love. There's charitable giving and uh, philanthropy, and we might think about that as an act of compassion and love. We think about affection toward one another. We think about devotion to our family. And those are common um, forms of love. And I think they exist in the world, again, because they're good things, and they come from our Creator. But the higher form of love is this agape love that's mentioned here. That only those who are born of God and who truly know God can love in this way. So without being born of God, people are dead to the love of God. All right? Without being born of Him, without being born again, without having heard the message and believed it and being born of the water and the Spirit, you're dead. You're lifeless. You have no hope of eternal life. But when you've been born of God, you know this. You know that agape love. So Jesus declared in John 3 and verse 5, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You've got to be born again. John 3, 3, Jesus says, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom. There, there has to be change. And here it's, it's presented that you're born again through the water. Through baptism, because you believe and you believe in the death and resurrection of Christ and you know that love of God that you change and you come to him and you submit to that gospel. But I also want you to look at this. You can't be born again without the word of God, without the power of the commandment. And what we've seen this morning is that God commands you to love like him. And you might be thinking, how can I love like him? Because God told you you can. 
And I want you to listen to this. The Word of God, when the Word of God dwells within you, then you have the ability to be born again. Listen to this. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 23, Peter says, For you have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. That is, through the living and enduring Word of God. And so when I put on Christ in baptism, when I've made that change, when I've come to new life, when I've gone from death to being alive again, it's through the Word of God. God's Word is power. When God spoke all things into creation, in creation into being, right there we read about in Genesis chapter 1, He spoke it. His Word did it. And we read about in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God. And all things that were created and were made were created through the Word of God. And then we go on and read in John 1, verse 14, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That Word is the power, the message. And so when we think about the Word of God, we should not just... Take our Bible and set it aside and neglect it. Or to think, you know, I can't keep half of the commands here. Or I'm going to go a different path. The Bible says this is what gives you power. You need to hear the Word of God. You need to hear it proclaimed. You need to hear it preached. You need to study it for yourself. You need to constantly be reading it. It needs to be read in our homes. Why? Because it is power. It is the power and the ability to bring us to change. It is by that Word that we are able to be born again. It's because that, that message has such a great effect upon us. So I don't want to understate that this morning, that you come to the Bible and you see power in it, that you read it and study it. You think about passages like Hebrews 4 and verse 12, it tells us the Word of God is living and active. A lot of people don't think about God's Word that way. They just think, oh, there's just words on pages. It's an old, ancient, Bronze Age book. So what application does it have to me? These words have given me life. They're active and living and they're powerful. And it's by the words of the Scriptures that my life changes. So why would God command people to love when we're not able to love like God? Well, we are able to. So I should put that in quotations, but I think a lot of people come and say, I I can't do that. But we know this, again, the Word of God empowers us. It makes me think of Romans 10 and verse 17. And again, this passage has been coming up a lot recently in our Bible studies, but Romans 10, 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Well, how can I believe it? Because I've heard it. When I hear the Gospel, when I hear it spoken, I know that it's true. It gives me hope. There's power in it. And it's by hearing that message that it takes place in my heart and I'm able to be born again. And we want that. Let me illustrate this for you. I I think I might be missing it. If you don't quite understand this, I want you to think about it in this way. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 that apart from Christ, you're dead in your sins and your trespasses. Dead people can't hear. All right? And when Lazarus was dead in the tomb for four days, why is it that Jesus goes to the tomb and he speaks and he says, Lazarus? Lazarus, how can he hear? He's dead. And that shows you the power of the words of Christ. Why don't you think about this a little bit further? Lazarus, come forth. Only by the words of God, the Creator, who can call what is not living to be living, can call the dead into life. Only by Him. And so when you hear the Word of God and the Bible says, love like God, you need to believe it. You need to take it to heart. It gives life to it. Any deadness that is within you, it's the Word of God that gives us life. And so... 
Christ here, this perfect example in Lazarus. Lazarus come forth. He's dead in the tomb, but he comes forth. Jesus says on the last day when he comes, he's going to call forth the dead from the tombs. He's going to speak. Why? Because there's power in his words to call the dead to life again. And as we read these scriptures, don't doubt them. They call us to life. That's the power of the Word of God. And God says, love like Christ. This is how Christ loved. Don't set it aside. Don't doubt it. Listen to it. And continue to listen to it. And those things that are hard for you to do, continue to listen to it because the Word of God is empowering. I think about this in Ephesians chapter 2 and in chapter 5. You have this reference here to the Word of God that God calls us he calls us to life from death. By His words, he's, He sends them and He says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from death. And it's going to happen on the day of resurrection. And it happens now through the Word of God. You look at your life this morning and you're thinking, there's a deadness in it. I'm separated from my Creator. That, that is spiritual death, to be separated from God. It's the Word of God that will awaken you. It's the Word of God that when we receive it and we believe it, will give new life to us. Just as Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. That's the power. I encourage you this morning to live by the Word of God. And when the Bible says to love, you know that love comes from God. You see it exemplified. You know that God is love. Don't doubt it. Jesus taught in John 10 and verse 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And when you hear the voice of Christ, and he is your Lord and he is your shepherd, you will follow him. And Jesus says, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, ever. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. So I encourage you this morning, listen, always be listening, constantly, to the voice of Christ. Open your Bibles and read them. You know, I think about this in the context of my family and my home. I want my children to have life. I want a life that comes from the Word of God. I want them to have hope of the resurrection to come. And I know that it only comes by faith in the Scriptures, in the Gospel. And I find that when, personally, when I've had times in my life when I've had doubt or skepticism or I feel like I'm falling away from God, I can listen to arguments and I can listen to, to the you know most... Uh, uh, beautiful, eloquent speeches, but none of those give life to me. Not even close. It's the Word of God. When I read it, when I've had doubts, I go back to it and I study it and I pour over the Bible and the Scriptures and the Word of God is living and active and it gives life. And so when I have a commandment from God to love others and to love the way that, uh, that God loves, I believe it because the Word of God empowers me to do it. I encourage you this morning, are you born of God? If you're born of God, then you know the love of God and the death, the burial and resurrection of Christ. We encourage you this morning, if you haven't obeyed the gospel, to do it, to be born again, to rise in the waters of baptism to new life. Why? Because that's the word. That's the gospel message. It empowers you and God gives it to you. God offers you grace and salvation and forgiveness this morning. You can come to him. Whether you need prayers, you need to put on Christ in baptism, we encourage you to come right now. Let's stand and sing together.